What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Tuesday, May 26th, man. Hopefully, all you guys had a nice and enjoyable Memorial Day yesterday, man. We want to give a big shout out and appreciation to all of our servicemen and servicewomen. We appreciate you guys for all the sacrifices you make. You guys helped this country make it a free country, so we definitely appreciate you guys for that. We for sure have not forgotten about all of our fallen soldiers again your sacrifice do not go unnoticed we thank you guys for each and every single day that you guys go to combat every single day you guys are making sacrifices leaving your own families and going away and fighting for our freedom and we do not let that go unnoticed man so again we appreciate you guys from the bottom of our hearts we appreciate you guys for every single thing that you do and yeah man that's a lot of love to you guys for sure but again, hopefully all you guys are doing good out here today. Hopefully all you guys are enjoying yourselves. Hopefully all you guys are getting better. Even if it's just 1% better, make sure you're trying to get a little bit better each and every single day. And hopefully you're striving towards your goals and your dreams because they are attainable, but you just got to put in the work, man. Each and every single day, you got to take a little bit better. You got to take a, a little bit of baby steps to get better each and every single day. But with that being said, so I got to start off with some bad news. Sadly, again, we lost, and this year, 2020, man, has been kind of crazy with everything going on, but we lost our third, our third hoops legend has passed away this year. From Kobe to Jerry Sloan, who I talked about yesterday, and today, I got to talk about the great Eddie Sutton. So, Eddie Sutton sadly passed away at the age of 84 on Saturday in his home, peacefully around family and love, um, again, peacefully in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in his home, and he passed away, and, you know, Eddie Sutton, to me, easily one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time he's probably in my top 10 probably just outside of my top five but man eddie sutton let's just go down his resume real quick so eddie sutton was born on march 12th of 1936 in buckland kansas he played at oklahoma state where he pretty much made them a great basketball powerhouse we'll talk about that in a second too he played there from 1955 to 1958 and then the year after he graduated he became an assistant coach where he was there for one season from 1958 to 59 and then he moved on to the high school level where he coached at Tulsa Central High School he was there from 1959 to 1966 so about seven years and then he moved on to Southern Idaho. At the time, it was called Southern Idaho. Now, it is called College of Southern Idaho, which is a JUCO, and he had an 84-14 overall record in JUCO, so I believe he was there for about three or four seasons, um, and then he, he was there from 66 to 69. He moved on to Creighton, which was his first D1 job as an assistant, or excuse me, as a head coach, as a head man at the University of Creighton. He was there from 1969 to 1974, and then is where he really made a splash in the college basketball ranks where he went to Arkansas. Man, did he make a big-time splash as the head men's basketball coach of the Razorbacks. His team played fast. They were furious. He had some of the best teams while he was at the University of Arkansas, man. He coached some really good players. Um, To be honest with you, I think the best player he probably coached was probably Sidney Moncrief at the time. And, man, he was a special, special player at Arkansas. And he was there from 1974 to 1985. And then he moved on. Um, and actually back then, before I move on to his next gig, back then it was called, they were, the Arkansas actually competed in a conference called the Southwest Conference, Southwestern Conference. They were not in the SEC just yet. So then he moved on, he moved on to Kentucky, University of Kentucky, and he was there for about four to five years. He was there from 1985 to 1989, and he had, a, he, he was winning, don't get it twisted, he got them to the tournament, stuff like that, but he kind of had, you know, some things go bad, you know, supposedly a player got delivered a package of money, NCAA investigated it, and started a whole bunch of problems. And to this day, he denied it. Even to his dying day, he denied it. 
it. So I don't really know. You know, a lot of people hold that against him. I don't personally. I still think he's a great college basketball coach, regardless of the fact. But nonetheless, we never know what exactly happened. So I'm not going to hold that against him. So he was at Kentucky. Sadly, that didn't go the way that he had planned. And then he leaves Kentucky and he goes back to his alma mater of Oklahoma State, where he really put Oklahoma State on the map as a basketball school because they've always been pretty known as a solid football school and just a good school in the Big 12, but he really made them relevant when it comes to basketball. Oklahoma State became good because of the great Eddie Sutton. He made them really, really relevant in the Big 12. He was there from 1990 to 2006, so about 16, 17 years, and then he finished off his coaching career at the University of San Francisco, coaching the Dons for one season in 2007 to 2008 as an interim head coach, and then he retired. Overall Division One record was 804 to 326. Think about that. That is a hell of a resume. 800 career wins at the D1 level is not an easy thing to do. My favorite coach of all time, Tom Izzo, has yet to get that, and he's been in, he's been at Michigan State for 25 years, I believe now, 26 years. That is a hard thing to do, man. So you got to give Eddie Sutton his props, no matter how you feel about him. He made two programs and put them on the map in Arkansas and Oklahoma State. He made them more than relevant, and he made them big-time basketball schools. So some of his achievements. He has three Final Four appearances. He has one um, in 1978 at the University of Arkansas. He has two at Oklahoma State. One was in 1995, and the other was in 2004. He has two Big 12 tournament titles in in 2004 and 2005, back-to-back years. He has three Southwest Conference tournament titles in 1979, 1977, and 1982. He's a two-time AP College Coach of the Year in 1978 and 1986, and he's a four-time Southwestern Conference Coach of the Year in 1975, 1977, 79, and 81. He's also a two-time Big 12 Coach of the Year in 98 and 2004. And what I think is probably his best career resume, or the best thing on his resume, shall I say, he's the first coach ever to take four different universities to the NCAA tournament. Think about that. Four different times. You know how hard it is to do that? It's hard for some people to stay at one school and get them to the NCAA tournament. He did it four different times, man. So you got to give Coach Sutton, excuse me, you got to give him his credit for every single thing that he's done. And I think, you know, he lived by a whole bunch of different standards. Um, He coached for 50 years. Again, he died. He passed away this past Saturday at the age of 84. And he coached for 50 years. So think about that. He coached over half of his life. Think about that. He was dedicated to the game. One of his biggest philosophies, I've seen a lot of his former players tweeting about on the day of his passing on Saturday, was he had a philosophy called the three D's. Discipline, dedication, and defense. And if you watch his Arkansas teams back in the day, if you watch his Oklahoma State teams in the early 2000s, you can tell they definitely lived up in the late 1990s. You can definitely tell that he lived by that philosophy no matter what. He, again, he coached with great players like Sidney Moncrief, and, man, he's just a super legend, man. Coach Sutton will never be forgotten. Oklahoma State community and the Arkansas community and even Creighton in Kentucky. I know you got to appreciate him, man. He's a legend. And it's crazy because he was actually just finally, this year, he finally was inducted into the Hall of Fame in the James Maysmith Basketball Hall of Fame. He finally got it. It took a little bit longer than it should have taken just because, you know, I, I think, you know, they were trying to hold that thing against him over at Kentucky. But nonetheless, man, he definitely deserved it. He will be entered um posthumously excuse me with Kobe Bryant alongside Kobe Bryant he'll be entered in the same class as Kevin Garnett Tim Duncan Kim Mulkey the head excuse me the head women's basketball coach at Baylor so he's heading into a really really good class man again it sucks that he won't be able to give his own speech like sadly the great Kobe Bean won't be able to do but nonetheless he definitely deserved the honor which is the greatest 
basketball on it that you can get. It's what you pretty much, it's not what you do do it for, but it's definitely something that you always keep in the back of your mind. And Coach Seddon was no doubt, no doubt a Hall of Famer. And he's actually, he was actually inducted into the College Basketball Hall of Fame too, so he's been in there for a minute now. So nonetheless, man, Coach Seddon's a legend. I think one of his biggest achievements, to be honest with you, isn't even really a stat, but it was actually, I actually seen it. It was tweeted by Myron Metcalf, who does a phenomenal job with college basketball for ESPN. And if, if you go back to the start of the century, in the 2000 and 2001 season, he was at Oklahoma State. And sadly, they had a plane crash that involved two players, six staff members, and two pilots that crashed in a private plane on their way back to Stillwater, Oklahoma from a game at Colorado. And Coach Sutton was the bright spot in that entire tragic situation, man. He really brought that entire Oklahoma State community together. He brought them close. He was the biggest bright spot. He just did a lot of things for that community, man. Again, Coach Sutton, man, a legend. It's good that he got to pass away peacefully in his home around friends, family, and love. And that's just a good thing, man. So shout out to Coach Sutton, man. We're praying for his family. We're praying for the Arkansas family, the Kentucky family, definitely the Oklahoma State family, and everybody involved, man. We definitely lost another legend in the in the college basketball world and in, and in the basketball world, period, man. Coach Sutton is a legend and may he rest in paradise. So that's that. Moving on though. So I got to talk about a couple different NBA players today. So the first player that I want to talk to you guys about is Devin Booker. Now Devin Booker is a 6'5 shooting guard, originally from Grand Rapids, Michigan. He played his high school basketball in Mississippi though. Of course, he went to Kentucky where he played again or he played a part of one of the greatest Kentucky teams ever assembled. They only lost one game. I think they were 39 and 1 if I'm not mistaken. Featured alongside Carl Anthony Towns, the Harrison Twins and a whole bunch of other players, Willie Cauley-Stein. The list goes on. Now, D-Book, again, 6'5 shooting guard. He's played 5 years in the league and he has yet to even sniff a playoff appearance. And I mean to even sniff a playoff appearance. And of course, he plays for the Phoenix Suns. They have not really been relevant in years. And honestly, it might be time for Devin Booker to leave. And now look, Devin Booker is a talent. He is a stud, a big time shooting guard that can put the ball in the basket at any given time that he wants to. His footwork is impeccable. He's really good at shooting the three ball, get into his spots, mid-range jumper elite, get into the rack, he can dunk over you. He is an elite player. He's a one-time All-Star. This season before it was stopped abruptly, he was averaging 26.1 points per game, shooting 48% from the field, 4.2 rebounds per game, and he was averaging 6.6 assists per game. Think about that. He was never really that good of a playmaker, but he's really transformed his game into being an overall solid basketball player, and he's really picked it up when it comes to picking up his teammates and getting them to rock when they need to get in their spots. And Devin Booker, man, is a talent. But one of my biggest things in sports, the biggest things that I hate in all the sports is seeing a great big-time talent being wasted in a team that does not want to see them get better, in an organization that does not want to see them get better. But I will say this, since he's been there, he's played, I think, honestly, he's probably played for about five plus different coaches since he's been a part of the Phoenix Suns organization. But the Suns are definitely trending in the right direction. They're definitely trending upward. I will give them credit for that. So their owner is actually goes by the name of Robert Sarver. I believe is how you pronounce his name. He's the owner. And they actually hired James Jones, I believe a couple seasons ago, who, of course, former NBA player. He played alongside LeBron, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh in the big three in Miami. And he was a part of those teams. Great three-point shooter. And so they got him. And he's done a pretty solid job. So he drafted DeAndre Aiden, number one, in 2018. Of course, he, they got Michael Bridges, I believe, last year or two years ago. Um, they got Cam Johnson last year in the, in the lottery, I believe. And they traded for Kelly Oubre, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure they got Kelly Oubre. They acquired him from, I want to say, I don't remember if it was the Wizards or the Nets. But nonetheless, Kelly Oubre has been proven to be a pretty good player since he's been for the Suns. He's been a, a really good two-way player, matter of fact, at that. But 
if you rewind a little bit, if you rewind just a little bit, when Steve Kerr was there, if you guys remember, Steve Kerr used to be the, the Phoenix Suns general manager, and he was a really, really good GM. And he left in 2010. I think right after that, he ended up going to be a broadcaster for TNT, where he was a really, really good broadcaster. I remember he did NBA games. He did college basketball games. He did it all. And then, of course, now he's the head coach for the Warriors. They have not been good since Steve Kerr left, and that was in 2010. Devin Booker got drafted, I believe, in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. 2014 or 2000, or, yeah, I want to say it was 2014. And so, again, he, right now, he is on a five-year, $158 million max contract deal, which means he's earning about $31 million per year. He will not be an unrestricted free agent until 2024. Now, again, I'm not saying that D-Book should necessarily leave the Phoenix Suns because I do think they are trending in the right direction. But if they don't get good, if they don't get at least relevant within the next two to three seasons, he needs to get out of there. And I mean, he needs to get out of there in a hurry because he is too talented to be in a to be in an organization that is not playing well. Like you gotta look at it like this: all the top teams in the West are loaded with veterans, from the Lakers with AD and LeBron to the, the Blazers who aren't even in the playoff picture right now with Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum, the Clippers with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, the Nuggets with Jamal Murray and Jokic. You got so many different teams in the West, and the craziest thing about it is even when all those guys retire, you still have up-and-coming teams like the Memphis Grizzlies who will have John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. for years to come. You got um, Luka Doncic and who else with the Dallas Mavericks, Kristaps Porzingis. You got future teams coming up. So we'll see what the what the Suns can do, but man, they really need to get it together because they have a once in a lifetime type of talent in Devin Booker, man. He is the goods. And I mean like legit legit the goods. And I feel like he needs to be put in a better situation. So, with that being said, if he does end up deciding to leave, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you guys like I have a feeling that when LeBron's contract is up for the Lakers, which I think is up in two seasons, maybe three seasons if I'm not mistaken, I really think LeBron purposely signed his contract with the Lakers. So by the time LeBron James Jr., a.k.a. Bronny, a.k.a. LeBron's first and, and oldest son, once he gets, once he's able to get into the league, I really think LeBron is playing to play alongside Bronny. And so I think he's going to end up leaving the Lakers after that contract is up just because he really wants to play with Bronny. And so historically, the Lakers always have two big-time talents. I'm not one of those people that thinks Anthony Davis is going to leave the Lakers. I truly believe he loves the Lakers. I think he loves LA. He loves everything about it. He loves winning. Most importantly, he's done a lot of that since he's been in LA. And I think Devin Booker, who is also a Kentucky Wildcat, might end up being the perfect pair to pair alongside Anthony Davis. And I think if you get a solid point guard to help those two guys out, the Lakers will still be relevant. And the Lakers are never going to fall off. They're never going to have... The chance of them having another six-year stint without making the playoffs is going to be a very, very long time. I'm going to tell you guys that right now because everybody loves LA. They're so used to winning. They don't do that, re rebuild, excuse me, that rebuilding stuff, and it just doesn't happen. And so, when you, one thing I noticed about NBA players, about getting into the NBA, of course, I haven't done it myself, but I, I noticed this. When you get to the highest level of basketball, you have to really relearn how to win. You have to relearn how to win. And as simple as that. And you look at LeBron. LeBron, when I think he won two state championships in high school, he, of course he didn't play college, but he went to the NBA. He was winning and he got the Cavs to the finals. Of course, they lost to the Spurs when it was at 2007. And nonetheless, though, he had to leave Cleveland and go to Miami, a first-class organization with Pat Riley, Eric Spolster, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, 
and go there and learn how to win at the highest level. And you have to do that. And with Phoenix, I don't know if Devin Booker is going to ever be able to do that because they haven't even sniffed the playoffs. He has not had one playoff appearance in the five years that he's been in the National Basketball Association. That is crazy. For a talent like Devin Booker, that is insane. And look, He's only 23 years old. He'll be 24 in October. By the time his contract's up, he'll be 27 years old. That's pretty much the, the beginning of his prime. So we'll see, man. I don't know. I'm just like, man, this is crazy. Like, again, he was a 13th overall pick in the 2015 draft. Excuse me, 2015 draft. And so I'm just like, man, it's like, it, it, it just kills me because he's such a talent. And he deserves much better. Like, it's one thing to have a player be dedicated and loyal and stuff like that. But, man, he's been there for five seasons. And, again, you guys haven't even been competing for an eighth spot, an eighth seed in the West. You guys got to do better for this talent. You guys gave him a max contract for a reason. You got to get other players. And, again, DeAndre Ayton is a really good player. Michael Bridges is a solid player. Cam Johnson, good shooter. Kelly Oubre, good two-way player you have you're starting to add the pieces but it's time to get some more veteran players maybe try and get another all-star because also forgetting the lakers you people forget that devin booker's best friends are carl anthony towns and d'angelo russell who both so happen to play for the minnesota timberwolves so that's also an option too i don't know if he's going to do that but that's definitely on the table if you ask me like i definitely think that's a high high possibility that's probably a higher possibility with him going there and then going to the Lakers. I prefer the Lakers for D-Book because they would teach him how to win, unlike the Timberwolves who haven't won since forever. And, and I don't think they've ever won in their franchise history. So I look at it like that. But nonetheless, man, I'm just saying, Devin Booker deserves to be in a better situation. And if it does not happen in the next two to three years, and I think it might be time for him to start demanding a trade because, again, his contract it does not go up or does not go out until 2024. So that's going to be interesting, man. But nonetheless, I just had to put that out of there. So, Moving on, our last subject of the day, another player I have to talk about because his legacy is kind of it's kind of blurry right now. So he goes by the name of Kevin Durant, who of course, 6'11", small forward. He's from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. For his career, he's averaging 27 points per game, shooting 49% from the field, 7.1 rebounds per game, 4.1 assists per game, 1.1 steals per game, and 1.1 blocks per game. He's played 12 years in the NBA. He's a 10-time All-Star four-time scoring champ, two-time NBA champ, two-time finals MVP, nine times made all-NBA team, 2008 rookie of the year, and the 2014 MVP. And right now, he is 32 years young, or he's 31 years old. He'll be 32 by the time he plays in his next season next year. Nonetheless, though, so again, I just read off his resume. To me, I just tweeted it the other day. I truly believe Kevin Durant is the greatest scorer of all time. When it comes to just scoring, I have Kevin Durant as the greatest. I think he's better than Michael Jordan. Rest in peace to Kobe. I think he's better than Kobe. I think he's better than every single score ever. Like KD, man, he's a legit 7 foot 6'11". He's somewhere in that range. Nonetheless, he has the handle of a 6'3", 6'2 point guard in the NBA. His crossover is vicious. Again, his handle is crazy. His footwork is phenomenal. Fadeaway game on point. He has a post game. Even though he's lanky, he's skinny, he's scrawny, he still has a post game. KD is virtually unguardable there's no defense for Kevin Durant you just have to play solid defense and hope that he misses and more likely than not he's gonna get a bucket and so a lot of people again look at his legacy kind of blurry right now because again he joined a team that knocked him out the playoffs they came back and beat him 3-1 he joined them he got two rings and this and that so I want to get past the Warriors thing because look 
when it happened, I wasn't a big fan of it either. But at the end of the day, he did win. He did play really, really well in the finals. I don't think he outplayed LeBron, but I do think he played just as well as LeBron. And he had a, a great supporting cast alongside of him with, Ke excuse me, with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. And so a lot of people kind of mark him down. Like if you look at NBA players or, or former NBA players, they always kind of hold that against him that he joined such a great team. And he made a 73-9 and nine team even better, which sounds crazy. But nonetheless... You cannot deny this dude's talent. You cannot deny the talent, the skill level, the, the, the level of hard work that he play, displays, the love that he has for the game. KD is a basketball guru, and he is a big-time bucket getter. And I don't want people to forget that, man. Just because he joined a great team, don't let the fact that his skill level is off the freaking charts. And so his legacy right now is kind of blurred. Again, I'll say that. So again, he will be 32 years young by the time he returns to the NBA and suits up for the Brooklyn Nets. And I just made a podcast yesterday saying that the Nets are trying to get a third star to help him out and Kyrie Irving out to win another championship. And so we'll see what happens with that. But at the same time, if KD is able to get a ring in Brooklyn, he's undoubtedly a top five player of all time in my eyes. There's no doubt about it. Because skill-wise, again, I think he's up there with Kobe. I think he's up there with MJ. I think he's up there with LeBron, skill-wise. And he just hasn't been able to lead a team yet to the finals. Like, yes, he did lead the Golden State Warriors, but he, was the, he, was the, he wasn't the leader, but he was definitely the best player. I think Steph was the leader of those teams, but KD was the best player, no doubt about it in my mind. They don't win those two rings without Kevin Durant. And, and to be honest with you guys, if he didn't get hurt last year playing against the Raptors and tears Achilles, they would have won again. But again, I got to commend him and give him credit for leaving the Warriors and joining the Brooklyn Nets because the Brooklyn Nets haven't won in God knows how long. I don't think they've ever won, if I'm not mistaken. They might have won back in the day with Dr. J. But nonetheless, you have to look at it from this standpoint. A lot of people are saying, like, if KD might not come back fully healthy, like KD with the Achilles injury, he might not ever come back 100%, which sounds crazy and it kind of sucks. But at the same time, you got to look at it like this. He is a seven-footer and seven-footers sometimes tend to get those injuries more often than say a point guard or a shooting guard and it's and it's, it's the truth and it's the sad truth and it just is the truth and that's all I can say about it but at the same time even 60% of Kevin Durant is still a great player do not get it twisted 60% 70% of course even 80% 90% and 100% are better but 60% of Kevin Durant is still a top 15 player in the NBA undeniably like I don't care what any of you guys say he is that freaking good do not get it twisted man so i'm just saying man just please appreciate kevin durant man do not let all this stuff with the warriors blind you from how talented and how skilled he really is he is a generational talent the, not, the next time we see another kevin durant is going to be a long long time from now i guarantee it man he is the true definition of a bucket getter and he's one of the greatest ever to do it i know you know his legacy is still kind of up in the air right now but his career isn't done he has an injury but his career is not finished but again top five skill wise no doubt in my mind this dude is up there, dude, because there's no matchup for him. If you put a guard on him, he's going to shoot over him and get a bucket, or he's going to post him up and get a bucket. You put a big man up, his crossover is too lethal, his footwork is too crazy for a big man to keep up with him, man. He is a ultimate mismatch problem. When you think about mismatches, he epitomizes that. He's a walking mismatch. So please, man, appreciate Kevin Durant. When he gets back, he's still going to be a show to watch. Watch his highlights. Watch what he does. He's still one of the greatest. And even if you just got to watch his NBA Finals games, he's still one of the greatest. Even if you go back to when they lost in the Finals, when he was a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they lost the Miami Heat, he was still getting buckets. He's been getting buckets his entire career. You go back to when they were in Seattle as a Supersonics. They got to bring them back, by the way. 
he was still getting buckets, man. So please, I just got to say it. Please, please do not let Kevin Durant's move to the Warriors blind you of the skill level that he has, man. But that is it for today. As always, this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports, man. I'm a college basketball blogger slash writer slash journalist for Nuts and Bolts Sports alongside a whole bunch of other great bloggers slash writers slash journalists. Please go check us out. We are at Nuts and Bolts Sports SP on both Twitter and Instagram. Please go give us a follow for all your sports news and sports needs. Trust in me and believe me, Nuts and Bolts Sports has all that good stuff for you, all the great content that you need. I'm also featured on Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network alongside a host of other really, really great content creators and podcast hosters. So please go check us out, man. Lastly, again, we are at Nuts and Bolts Sports SP, man. As always, again, it's been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. That is how I share, grow, and expand the podcast. And as always, man, you guys be safe out there. Please, 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 if you go outside, please wear a mask. Be as extra cautious as you can possibly be. And eventually, we will get through this pandemic together as a unit, man. As always, peace, love, and blessings gone.